0: Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy, then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place, and we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. Enjoy. stopping y'all gonna get this podcast i'm taking my freedom putting it on the shelf putting it on my chain wearing it around my neck I'm taking my freedom putting it in my car wherever well, I choose to go it will take me far, i I'm Hey hey tasters, happy Tuesday, and welcome to a another tasty topic. Welcome to my table. Now, how's that for a tasty rendition of our girl Jilly from Philly's classic golden tasters? When I heard that, it gave me the laugh that I needed. It tickled me all the way down to the bone. Listen, with all this serious shit that's going on in the world today. I feel like we need a break from the bullshit. And one of the biggest breaks I get on Instagram is when I go to the page of Petty King on IG. If you don't follow Petty King, you should. That is go to Instagram, Petty King. He's hilarious. He doesn't do celebrity gossip. He just does a lot of celebrity fuckery and fun shit. He focuses mainly on like the housewives franchises and married to medicine and all you know, r and singers, but it's just like silly shit with a bunch of sound effects. So again, how'd you like the Louis Armstrong inspired version of Golden? <laughs> Look, that's going to be the song to carry me through the rest of this nut ass year. But again, tasters, I needed a laugh. I had to start with a laugh because there are some really serious and morbid things going on in the world. First, let me start on a serious note by saying rest in peace to a very dear childhood friend of mine, Letitia. Letitia, you are going from this world too soon, but you will not be forgotten. You are no longer here in body, but you will always be here in spirit. The circumstances surrounding your parting are not fair at all. And I'm so sorry that you are gone. And I'm going to leave it at that. Tasters, I do want to say, this is a childhood friend of mine. When I say childhood, she was my friend from the cradle. And she was someone that I'd actually lost contact with over the years. As many of us do as we grow, as our experiences change, our characteristics change, neighborhoods, you know, you start to have your differences and circumstances differ. And we lost our way as friends over the years. And there were times where I would hear that my friend asked about me or, you know, I'd run into her in passing, maybe at a get together, maybe at a wedding. And it would be so infrequently. I'm talking about there would be years long stretches that I didn't see or hear from her. But, um, Letitia was my girl, no matter what the circumstances like I said she was someone who actually entertained hold on I gotta breathe because I'm starting to get emotional She would entertain my bullshit. When I say my bullshit, I did a lot of writing when I was younger. And there were people who thought that I would become an actual book author. I wrote so many corny poems. I wrote short stories, um, some hot, spicy, X-rated shit. I I used to keep a lot of diaries, too. People call them journals now. No, I really was the diary keeper with lock and key. Like, the shit that I wrote, starting from the age of about 9 or 10... Ooh, if you had them books today, they would burn up in your hands. And my books were so hot that I actually had them destroyed. But that's another tasty topic for another day. And again, Leticia entertained my fuck shit. And she had a lot of talents too that she was not able to express as she'd like to. So, you know, it happens to the best of us. I'm so sorry that she's gone. But like I said, she will never be forgotten. Rest in peace, Letitia. And um, thank you for always believing in me and my bullshit. Like I say, bullshit, I don't mean that the things that I'm into are bad or that I have no talent but she was one of those people that believed in me. You know, you're always going to have the naysayers or the people that's like, oh, please. She always be writing or talking or think she could do poetry and shit. You're always going to have those. And Letitia was not one of those. She was one who really said, you can do it. I, I believe we we'll just sit and just listen to my shit. You know, just No matter how far I got carried away with a story or a poem or a scene, she would watch me act out some of my stories. Oh, my goodness. It it hurts to talk about it. But one thing, me and some of my girls promised we're going to get together before the year's up. And we're going to toast in her honor because she does deserve it. Letitia, you will be missed. Rest in peace, girlfriend. So... Anyway, let's move on to today's material. As far as my mentals, my mentals, it's a lot. I'm just tired of going through a lot emotionally. What I've started doing is there are days where I really just stay in. Like I won't answer my phone. I've learned to keep my phone on vibrate as opposed to silent. Don't laugh at me, taste this. I still don't know how to use that, um... Do not disturb D and D. I thought I did. And when I did try to use it, it was because I hit the button accidentally. Never knew how to do it again. So I don't fuck with Do Not Disturb. I just put my phone on mute. I learned the lesson of not keeping my phone on silent, especially after like elders in my family started getting sick and you know becoming close to dying. You never want to have your phone on mute because you you don't want to miss that phone call. I know that sounds like, look, all this morbid shit, for spooky season. I mean, death is a real thing. You know, I just saw a post about that. I think it was from Steve Harvey. Yes. Steve Harvey was like, you know, be there for your loved ones. Stop treating your loved ones so carelessly when death is so real and so permanent. And even though he didn't quote this, it's so close. Death is close to us all. Every day that we wake up is a day that we are closer to death. But I know that's not fun. But again, like mentally, there are just times where I just want to be to myself. It's no disrespect or shade to my friends not to be dismissive of my Batman. It's just sometimes I feel like I'm on my Monica. I just want to dance. You know, and I'm going to continue to have them days until I'm out here like my girl Jilly from Philly. Living my life like it's golden. Living <laughs> my life like it's golden. <laughs> anyway, as far as appetizers, um, I'm always eating. And if I didn't shout them out before, I'm going to shout them out again. This weekend, because it was my vacation week, I did a staycation. I didn't do none of the shit that I said I wanted to as far as like taking a drive, you know, to Atlantic City or to Foxwoods Casino, getting a room. None of that jazzy, groovy shit that I wanted to do because I had too much going on right here in my city. So I didn't do none of it. But um, I don't miss out on eating and drinking for nothing. And I went for the second time to the Simpson restaurant. Again, if I haven't mentioned it, which I, I'm sure I did though, the Simpson restaurant right across from Barclay Center on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, black owned Caribbean food, fucking delicious. Good shit. When I tell you. You want to eat good, go to the Simpson. The dishes that I have tried from there that left a great impression are their jerk chicken wings. Just make sure you request that they put a little extra burn on them because some people like soft wet chicken. I don't. Once they run it through those coals more than once, you got a good plate on your hands. So the jerk chicken wings. I had some fried rice for four with lobster tail. This go round, I sampled the their version of Rasta Pasta. This is how Rasta Pasta is supposed to taste. I remember I there's a restaurant I've been going to for years that I think were the originators of the Rasta Pasta dish. They don't even get it right anymore, but the Simpson, spectacular, super cheesy and gooey and saucy. It's like a blend of sauce and cheese, and their sauce got that nice beige color to it. No crunchy peppers and onions either. It was just my pasta with my shrimp and flavor. And I enjoyed it so much. And this weekend we actually sat at the bar, me and my peoples. We had a nice Saturday. Actually what happened was, um, my Batman, look, he treated us to a movie. And the reason why I said he treated us, it was one of those, um, I keep saying it always, Is correct. What well, are the movie theaters where your seats move around? Is it 40X, RDX, oh my goodness, he always corrects me because I say it wrong. Well, the movie's with the X in it, and we went to see Halloween. Yes, we got to watch Jamie Lee Curtis with her wrinkled ass once more run very slowly away from um Michael Myers. This time, it's not even her that was on the run. I don't want to give away no spoilers, but um, it was others on the run and others like... um. Doing demonic Michael Myers type things to the rest of the town. Where was that town? Not Crystal Lake, right? Was it Crystal Lake or was that Jason? We well, don't you know wherever the hell they live in Halloween Town. And it was nuts. And apparently, this is the end. So, go check it out, this, If and when you have time. So, anyway, let's talk about what is going to bring us to the table today. Well, first and foremost, I just want to tell you again that I appreciate... All of my listeners, no matter how few or how many, I appreciate you all and I thank you so much for listening to me. I thank you all for the feedback, for the comments, for every new follower that remember as I'm doing this, life happens to me so. These are some of the things I wanted to touch on, on this Tasty Tuesday. First and foremost, I know we've all heard about the life coach who's going to remain nameless on this podcast because she already has received um, way more. How can I say? I don't want to say accolades, but way more exposure than I think that she's deserving of. But we all know about the life coach that's charging beautiful sisters. $10,000 a shot for these retreats, these so-called life coaching retreats where she's supposed to be showing you and telling you things about yourself that are supposed to make you into a better person while also insulting you and making you feel bad about the person that you currently are. Case in point, we all know about the low vibrational plates. One of the young ladies in her retreat, I call it an entourage, but they claim that it's a weekend retreat, was enjoying her meal, and this life coach told her that that wasn't the plate of queen, it was her rat plate, blah, 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 blah. We all know the story. I don't give a fuck about the story. This is my point. I kept focusing on the fact that she's charging women $10,000 a head for this so-called life wellness retreat. $10,000 to be fed food off of cape paper plates by caterers who are preparing so-called low vibrational dishes. Like I was talking to a cousin about and what I've heard other people mention for $10,000 a head, where's the lobster tails? Where's the shrimp? You know, where's the salmon? Where's the chicken? And I ain't talking about no barbecue shrimp skewers. You know what I'm saying? Where's the good stuff? The grilled shrimp, the the, the, the fine wine, or if they're not drinking, you know, the sliced fruits, the even the, the, the fondue. What, what about a chocolate fountain? I mean, for $10,000 a head for a whole weekend, there should be ice sculptures, a hibachi chef. There should be breakfast, lunch, and dinner should just be top chef, top chef shelf caviar even but um feeding women food off of paper plates while they're eating it off their laps and shaming them for it is fucked up and um but back to my original point we all knew the the story we all have our feelings about who she is and what she does this is my point to the sisters i want to say bravo And I want to commend every last beautiful black woman who attends this woman's retreat and pays $10,000 of their good money to be talked down to and treated like nobody's just in the hopes of gaining something for the greater good. $10,000 $10,000 a piece, that's a lot of goddamn money. And again, the reason why I applaud and commend these women, you don't need a life coach. I feel like if you've got $10,000 in the stash on the side, or up front to give away to a woman, just to tell you about yourself, that's already a testament to your greatness because Tastes. I don't have $10,000 sitting on the side for a weekend of paper plate eating and insults. If I do find $10,000 for a vacation, first of all, ain't going to be nowhere in the continental United States. That's passport money. $10,000? I want five-star everything. I want a butler. I want maid service. I want a videographer that's following me around. I want to do the flying dresses like they do when you go to Dubai. $10,000 is a lot of money. You know, we, we got to treat each other better than we do. And I was just wondering, like, are we so thirsty for knowledge and guidance that we just allow ourselves to be handled that way for that amount of money? You know, hopefully this would be a life lesson for this life coach. Treat your people better. Now that you've been exposed and your tactics are visible and it's giving scammer. I hope that she does step it up. I feel like this. Let's just say for shits and giggles, you do feel good about charging people $10,000 a head for an experience that make the experience worth it. Like I said, top shelf, top chef, five star diamond treatment. Cause I feel that these women, and I, and it looks like they're staying at her home. I could be wrong, but apparently she has several homes. So anyway, oh well. But we gonna get off of that. And oh, let's talk about um during this fall season in New York City, like the the goings on that go on. I'm getting ready to go to this bar crawl. I'm looking forward to it Halloween weekend. That should be a lot of fun. It's going to be my first time with this group. My only experience with bar crawls has been with Kwanzaa Crawl. And I enjoy myself. Ooh, you get so tipsy. You're supporting black businesses. You're mixing. You're mingling. You're flirting. You're having a great time. So this is going to be my first time with this group. Again, if you are interested, go to Instagram and follow a page called me. And somebody's son. I spoke about this page before. It's a relationship page that um, celebrates black love. They post pictures of black lovers in various positions on getaways, on dates, or just in life. And it's a beautiful thing. And they're having their first bar crawl. So I like bars because I like to drink. I like to enjoy myself. Yes, Stella Belafonte loves to imbibe. And just to let you know, if you're interested in what my drinker choice is, I love bubbly. I'm a tequila person. Reposado is my choice. I used to be heavy into vodka. And for some reason, when I'm in the Caribbean, I love rum. I feel like rum tastes better in the Caribbean, whether it's dark rum or white rum. Something about being overseas in the warm sun just make rum taste delicious. And as far as my wines, I love a deep red. A nice semi sweet red. Apothic is one of my favorite brands. And my bubbly, I love it extra br- extra dry. Look, <laughs> there I go. Look, I'm tired. Extra dry Brute Champagne. Um, Freshinette is one of my brands that I like. I also like, you know, the debris, clicker, or the regular Lamarca. But if you want to get a buzzy, buzzy, bubbly buzz, Man, that Mianetto, that's right. That little orange label looks so simple, and you, you think you're going to be all right afterwards? You want to be tipped over with some bubbly? Take down a whole uh magnum of Mianetto by yourself and see how you feel after. <laughs> Well, anyway, I started talking about the pub crawl and just the goings on because I feel like the fall season is the perfect time to explore like different venues, like restaurants, bars, set up ladies nights. There was one ladies night that I did a few years ago that was so excellent. It was at Sippin' Paint. And we had a great time. We did it in Harlem. It was a group of us and we got tipsy. They had food. It was delicious. Like, yeah, get into that. Then they got these naked sipping strokes. Ooh, tasters, my ladies. What you think about those? I've been to one. Couple of years back, me and my cousin Silky treated my aunt for her birthday to one of those butt naked sipping paints. And it was a wild time. When we walked in, the first reaction that my aunt and her bestie had was, what the fuck is this shit? Lord, they going to get raided. I mean, it was really men just walking around, um, balls free, balls to the wall, um, just butt ass naked. But we were painting. At least we were painting. There were real palettes. It was BYOB. Everybody was drunk and painting the men were posing in the nude and they were painting you know there was a lot of frolicking and and, and shit going on a lot of touchy-feely squeezy squeezy especially for the single women you know it was like damn sis you, you don't get out much do you but at least we were painting I'm seeing ads for these um nude paint affairs online where um I don't even see any easels, no easels, no brushes. All I'm seeing is bodies and and tongues wagging and caressing and kissing. It's like, are these sipping paints or are they just stripper affairs? It's not that I'm knocking them, but I'm just very curious. Like, don't tell me I'm painting and I'm coming to rub on dicks. <laughs> Not saying that rubbing on dicks is a bad thing, but I want to know, you know, is it paint strokes or am I just stroking cocks all night long? Anyway, check it out, Tasters, when you get a chance, my ladies or my men of the community. Well, anyway, today on Tasty Topics, I'm going to do something that I've never done before. I want to shout out a listener named Stephanie and today is Stephanie's day. Stephanie is one of the only tasters so far to actually reach out to me via email regarding topics that she's interested in like I've had questions via email, but Stephanie really got into it and I appreciate you so much, Stephanie. Had to shout you out. So today's episode is dedicated to you, girl. And we are going to call it Stephanie's Groove. By the way, Tasters, she discovered me on Views of an ex. So I'm just going to give the first part of the email because I- I'm so touched by it. And she made me so happy. So she says, hi, Stella Belafonte. Thank you, sis. I heard your episode on Views of an Ex two weeks ago and flipped to your podcast to check it out. I binge listened from your first episode to the one you posted this week and you cracked me up. So I love her forward tasters. She thinks I'm funny. She thinks I'm entertaining. And she actually left me a very wonderful in-depth email just going on about different aspects of her life and things that she's interested in as far as being a listener and that's why today's episode is dedicated to her. So, let's get into it. Stephanie's Groove and we're going to go and order Tasis. I ain't going to bullshit you. I am ashamed of myself. I sat and talked about all that liquor and wine, and I wish that I had a sip. Because Stephanie wants to touch on some um, really tasty subject matter. And she titled it, Subject Matter for Your Consideration or Just My Curiosity. So the first subject that Stephanie wanted me to touch on is sex with uncircumcised men, is it the same or is it a different feeling? Tasters, first, I'd like to know, how do you feel about sex with uncircumcised men? Just to let you know, as we go on and I read you the things that Stephanie wants to touch on, I'm gonna. I'm just curious about what you think. You can send it to me in an email, mizironbox at com. That's M-I-Z-I-R-O-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. But I'm going to give you my true and total opinion. So subject number 1 sex with uncircumc- an uncircumcised man is it the same or different as far as the feeling the the penetration with the actual penis feels like when it's inside you i don't think that i feel I've felt any differently and just to all, you know, inform you all, I haven't been with that many uncircumcised men. I can probably say in my lifetime, I've only had sex with two men who weren't circumcised and you know what? It's just not my cup of tea. It's just not pleasing to my eyes. Tasters, I think that uncircumcised dicks are ugly. Yes, I am biased. I'm not even talking about the cleanliness part. I'm sure that, you know, for all of you tasters, the my ladies, or men who haven't been with uncircumcised men, you got to really, I feel like, prep your mind of really be, try to be unbiased when it comes to an uncircumcised dick. It literally looks like a penis. That foreskin, it looks like a penis, with a turtleneck being pulled up, and that's why they call it the turtleneck. It's like the penis is a large turtle or small turtle, depending on the man that is hiding back into its shell, and it's just very ugh, for me that you know, the yuck, yuck, double yuck. But as far as the feeling, I don't feel like there's any difference as far as sensation. But I've been told, now I'd like to know for my uncircumcised men, I've been told that the sex is more intense when that foreskin remains. So I don't know that. Like I'm trying to think of, like I said, I've only been with two men who were uncircumcised and it's a question that I never asked them. Like the sex was pretty decent with both of them. Well, Definitely the last uncircumcised man that I slept with, and this was quite some time ago, but I can't tell if the intensity of the sex is because he still had the hood. So yeah. Same feeling. You know, no major difference feeling wise, but if I had to choose between circumcised and uncircumcised dinglings, I want my man to be cut. Yeah. Give him that good old clean cut. Just don't cut too much off. (laughs) Next, Stephanie wonders about anal sex from a woman's health perspective. Could it lead to uncontrollable bowel movements as women age? And she says, I think there's a possibility. Just like a weak bladder. And she doesn't know. And honestly, I don't know either because Stephanie, tasters, I don't engage in anal sex. Again, it's just not my thing. I'm not against it, but it's something I could never get into. Now, I ain't going to lie and say that I ain't tried it. <laughs> and um, you know what? I'm just not into butt play. It doesn't turn me on. It actually... Something about, I have a phobia of things entering my anus. Maybe since I was a little kid, I, I was the kid that hated the feeling of a thermometer up the butt. I'm 45 years old, and I can still remember that trauma. I can even remember being in emergency room one year as an adult. And it was a little boy who was crying because the nurse stuck the thermometer up his butt. And he wouldn't cry when he looked away. But every time he looked over his shoulder and saw that thermometer still sticking in his ass... He was just like, no, and it was so crazy. I remember there was a patient sitting in the waiting room with us and he looked at the little boy. And he was like, damn, poppy in your butt. Like, <laughs> oh God, but all jokes aside, um, and that was far as from a woman's health perspective. I do want to shout out my girls, um, from cocktails. I want to shout out my girl, Medina. She is very forthcoming. If you don't listen to cocktails podcast, I would advise you to, they provide a lot of sexual information and without shame, that is actually Medina's area of expertise. She has actually had, um, Anal sex scares where there was tearing or there was like a stuck situation, I think, involving a toy. So, as far as the health perspective, I know if you aren't careful, you could suffer damage and injuries. And the uncontrollable bowel movements, you know what? That's something to look into. I don't know if that's a thing but I'm sure that it's possible because I would think especially if you're having like really rigorous anal sex I would imagine you know without can you do I, I can you do kegels for the anal I would think so too I would think you can you know what I'm imagining anal kegels to be you ever feel that feeling you know when you got a shit real bad it's like oh lord I ain't up the stairs yet and I ain't in the house like god please don't let me shit on myself that butt cheek clench I'm thinking if you did that periodically as a person who's into anal sex that that would help with uncontrollable bowel movements a leakage but again these are just my guesses and I do not know again if you want further information about anal play and anal sex you need to go to cocktails podcast with Kiki said so and Medina and listen to Medina that's what she's into and she has A lot of insight and she actually gets a lot of um, mail about anal sex too. So yeah, shout out to Medina, not Kiki though. She ain't into it. But anyway, the next question that Stephanie asked is what about relationships with married men? And she even posed a scenario. She says, scenario, the man didn't say that he was married and he spends so much time with you at your home that you can't ever hang out at his home. Red flag, of course, let's continue. Then you get pregnant. Then you find out he's married. Now, what are your feelings and what are your boundaries? I have my thoughts on the subject. I'm just curious. You know what? That's a lot. There's so many levels. First of all, I have an issue. I feel like If I am going to date a married man or any of us are dating married men, it should be a choice. Tell me that you're married so that you can let me choose whether or not i want to fuck with you. See, right here, I am going to jump into the judgment-free zone because people do what they do for whatever their reasons. So a man hiding the fact that he's married is totally unfair. But then you got to look at red flags. I have gotten to a point at this age that I'm, as I said, my big age. There's nothing a man can tell me to make me understand why I can never go to his home. Unless he lives overseas or out of state, there's no reason why, if you are my man, why I'm you're always spending time at my home and I can't come to yours. Tasters, ladies, that's always a red flag. I don't give a fuck what a man tells you. So a man hiding a marriage or the fact that, you never get to go to his home again. Ignored red flags. But let's fast forward. Like she says, let's just say, you know, that I was naive enough to believe that this man was single. I find out that I'm pregnant. And then now that I'm pregnant, it's revealed to me that he's married. What would I do? My honest answer? I don't know. tastes what would you do? What would you do if you were dating a man and... He was hiding a marriage from you and you didn't find out that he was married until you popped up pregnant. That's a tough one because I feel like either way, one thing I'm not in the business, business, Lord. One thing I'm not in the business of doing is keeping secret babies. And I've seen situations like that. That's what usually happens, though when the marriage is known, that usually happens when married women choose to sleep with other women's husbands and get pregnant on purpose or get pregnant carelessly. They'll usually hide a pregnancy or lie about it to their friends. Like, I I feel like if you're going to get pregnant, you need to be a woman. And I feel like, okay, I, I will say what would happen if it was me. If a man kept his wife from me while I was pregnant, the first thing I would do is Contact an attorney like a family court attorney, I probably would keep my baby if I decided to keep my baby and um find out what how me and my baby could benefit because married or not, I didn't get pregnant on my own, and chances are I would probably contact the wife or try to find a way to inform this man's wife that her husband. Has an outside baby on the way. Because I feel like outside of being lied to about, you know, a man lying about being married, I feel like the worst thing in the world is for a married man to get somebody pregnant and hide it from his wife. I feel like that destroys whole family units. It destroys generational wealth, family legacies, the whole shit. So yeah, if it was me and I popped up pregnant by a married man who's been hiding that he's married... Yeah, I won't say, I don't know. I'm keeping my baby. I'm telling your wife and I'm calling a lawyer. Next topic. (laughs) What would you do, tasters? My ladies and men, what would you do? Have you been caught up in those situations? My male tasters, let's talk about it. Send me an email. Have you ever been caught in a situation where you got another woman pregnant outside of your marriage and relationship? What was the reaction? Did you hide it? Were you truthful to to your woman? When you told your lady that you got somebody else pregnant, did she stay? Just very, very curious to know. And then finally, Stephanie mentioned that Netflix has a series on creating sex rooms. Do I have listeners with these types of installations? And she's asking me, if you sold your home, would that increase or decrease the resale value? And then she says, cheers. That was her last question. Honestly, yeah, I know. I actually was, um, you know, if you go back to my tasty topic episode two, Summer of Shame, I actually spoke about being involved with a relationship expert who had a sex dungeon in his home with whips, chains, um... Bed table, music, red light special, a chalkboard, everything. It was a beautiful thing, And um, he was one of the only people in my personal circle that I know outright that had something like that in his home. But I'm sure that he's not the only one. Now, as far as the resale value of your home, like would it decrease or increase the value? I guess it depends on who you're trying to market to. Like if you you got a realtor that can make your sex room or your sex dungeon sound enticing, and if that's the type of customer base that you have, that those are the type of buyers you're trying to attack, attract rather ooh, attack. Lord, where am I going with it? Look, sex room, sex dungeons, attack. Well, if you're trying to attract that type of clientele, I could see how having a sex room in a home could work, but I'm thinking that. In order for it to be mentioned in a real estate listing and having it affect the resale value of your home, that means that there was probably things done in this sex room that were pretty permanent, like probably things nailed or bolted to the walls or shit like that. But if it's something that you could dismantle, you could probably sell your home or your property without even worrying that a sex room or a sex dungeon was ever there. But as far as creating those types of rooms, i got a confession, Tasters. That's something that I wanted to do in my own home. (laughs) You know, it it, it never came into fruition because now I've got, I, I have an extra room, you know, extra room in my home to do it. But I've. Decided to abandon that idea for something that I'm not going to say more positive, but something more towards what I'm doing as far as my podcasting. Possibly, you know, a studio or whatever sound room, but not a sex room. <laughs> or maybe it could be a sex studio. Who knows? It's something to think about. But um, yeah. So that's it. Shout out to you, Stephanie. I enjoyed today's recording, and um. I hope you all enjoyed it too. And as far as uh, I know you fucking lying, um, it's not so much I know you fucking lying. I want to get back into what I was talking about as far as hanging out this fall. As a matter of fact, I did get away from my train of thought. There's so many restaurants and bars and things to get into in New York City. I'm going to put them out there. Beware of these um, Latinx bars, restaurants, hookah spots that do what can be considered racial profiling. I had actually, you know, there's a page that I follow on Instagram. And I am going to shout them out because they put me onto some wonderful spots called New York City Sneaky Links. So they mentioned this one spot. I'm just going to say it's in the Dykeman area uptown. And I looked it up, and every other review was talking about how the staff there treat you bad if you didn't appear visibly Spanish. Latin Latino Latinx whatever they are calling it nowadays and you know what I have experienced that you know I thought that that was just like a real thing there was actually a situation where a couple of my girlfriends and I after a show a month or two ago Walked out of a spot. We thought we was going to sit and have some appetizers and drinks and smoke hookah at one of these Latin places in the city. And we, we walked in. They treated us like we were shadows. We were totally ignored. Oh, let's not talk about. No, we are going to talk about the bouncer. Here's I know you fucking lying. The big Dominican looking bouncer at the front. When I say Dominican looking, he was brown skinned like me. But I'm sure that he wasn't me he wasn't American and he mishandled me. He decided to search through my little purse and I was on my monthly and I was embarrassed because I had a bunch of bulky pads in my purse and he took his little flashlight and just did the most handsy invasive search through my purse. And it was like, what the fuck? I'm a woman. I'm a lady. What the fuck you think I got in my purse? Oh Lord. I don't want to say nothing overtly racist, but I ain't hiding nothing. If you know what I mean? Look, I don't do that. That ain't what I'm known for, <laughs> but I know a couple of, uh, let me stop. You ain't going to find no shit in my bag. So that was ugly. And then when we got inside, we were told that we would have to wait. There was no seats. And then we watched some visibly non-black Hispanic looking people walking from off the streets and they were seated right away. So Anyway, despite the spot that New York City Sneaky Links recommended looks so dope, you know, in the pictures, it's all smoke and, and, and flashing lights and everybody look like they having a good time and drinking all these fabulous cocktails, bragging about the happy hour. As soon as I go on Googling Yelp, every other review is talking about racial profiling and being treated badly. If you're black and not just if you're black, if you are black and non-Hispanic. So I'm like, so if I'm a Hispanic black, look, they call them Latino, Afro Latino. So if I walk in with a thick Spanish accent and, 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 and what the fuck? I don't know. What's Spanish acting? If if I could prove to you that I am one of your peoples, you're going to treat me better. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that is not a, I know you fucking lying. Like, how dare you? So, tasters, especially my New York City tasters, just be careful. In the fall, don't just be falling in and out of these spots. Do your research first. You know, it's so sad that you can't even just bar hop and just go to places and just say, hey, I want to smoke some hookah and I want to eat first. It's damn near like how you do your research when you go on a getaway. Is this location friendly to black people. Are black people welcome here? Do any of our tasters do that? Look up places that you want to travel to. And before you go, look up what the race relations are like. And it's a damn shame that we should even have to do shit like that, but it's the world that we live in. So yeah, that was the, I know you fucking line. We, you know, us black folks in New York city out here being racially profiled by the so called Browns, of the, and you know what? I hate that. Let me tell you something about that brown term. I don't like black or brown people because it's not exactly an accurate description or assessment of non blacks. Who actually fits into that category? Who are the browns? Because most of the Latinos that I know that are not of African descent. Do not have brown skin, so what does brown mean? Asians, what you talking about, Asians from India, because that's about as brown as they get. Um, people from you can't say the orient anymore. I'm gonna break it down. I, I don't see many brown people from China or Japan or Korea. You see one or two brown people from Vietnam, it's not really that many brown Mexicans, Ecuadorians. Peruvians, we got some brown Cubans, Dominicans, Brazilians, but they're still few and far between. So like this brown thing, I don't know about that, but I know one thing I have made a promise to myself, you know, I was watching a show a couple of days ago and there was an one of the hosts of the show said that he is no longer referring to himself as a brown, a black or brown person. He's black. But you know what? I've never considered myself black and or brown. I am black. I am black. Remember, see before, cause I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, and I'm black, and I'm black, y'all. That's me. So anyway, this is Stella Belafonte I hope you enjoyed today's tasty t- topic, Stephanie's groove. And I'm gonna take my black ass out of here. So enjoy. Stay safe and have a good time this fall. I hope you're getting some fun shit this Halloween. But make sure you do your research before you just step in and sit down. Bye. Hey, hey, tasters. I'm back. Stephanie, I'm back. I had to go back to your first question about. The difference in sex between a man who is circumcised and one who is not. You know what? I forgot all about an experience that I had uh, quite some time ago. I was in my really early 30s. I was probably just 30. And I had an experience with a young man who was my age, who was newly circumcised. Isn't that something? a grown man who had just got his dick skin removed and I was his first. Look, I broke his newly circumcised penis virginity. And the only thing that I can recall him mentioning is that it felt different. It was like, yo, it it do feel different. But you know what? I guess you could say he hadn't broken his dick in yet. So I couldn't, he made no mention Of whether the sex was better or if the sex felt, he just said different. He was like, yo, it do feel different. And, you know, of course, we were protected. We used condoms or whatever. So, I couldn't tell you from my perspective if it was more turned up because his dick skin had been removed. You know, he had been circumcised. Like, I didn't know him when he was still hooded so yeah he just said it was different I know for my eyes look for my own eyes um it was a real nice sight real pretty pretty to look at because again like I said I don't like um uncircumcised dicks I think they're ugly they're ugly they if the man is not super clean they can get I've heard things like I said I've only been with about two uncircumcised dicks and I was lucky because at least they were clean. But I have heard some hooded horror stories and men who stand by their hoods and don't want to get their dick skins removed, just pay attention to your hygiene. Because again, I have heard some hooded horror stories and um, yuck, like cut the shit. You want to be out here jamming that hooded thingy into women's crevices. Make sure it's clean, disinfected, but that's it. Yeah. So I've been with somebody who was freshly snipped, but I don't know if it was better for him because of it. So I just wanted to add that. Have a great day, tasters. Keep it clean.